All right, let's get into our word for the day. Hallelujah. 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 All right, let us pray. Father, we thank you right now, Father. We thank you, Father, that the atmosphere belongs to you, O oh, Father. We thank you, Father, that everything that would want to hijack it, O oh, Father, and prevent us from learning, O oh, Father, from discerning, from hearing, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, Father, we silence it, Father, that your will will be done, Father, in earth as it is in heaven. Father, we declare right now, Father, we are your students, Father. We are your children, your sons, your daughters. So, Father, we submit right now, Father, to be taught, oh, Father, to learn, oh, Father, of your kingdom and glory and your honor, Father. Father, we want your will to be done, Father, not our will, Father. So, Father, we invite your kingdom, Father, to invade our minds, our hearts, and our souls. Father, we give you permission to arrest the atmosphere, Father. Father, it belongs to you. We declare that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. So we are uh, in our teaching pillar, the church. All right. This ministry consists of four teaching pillings, pillars. Uh, the first being the relationship, because you need to know that God is your father before you know anything else. All right. It does you no good to say I'm a Christian. It does you no good to go to church. It does you no good to uh, be blessed and highly favor of the Lord. And you don't know that God is your father. Okay, when, when it came to praying, Jesus said to pray to the Father. He didn't say pray to him. When it came to worshiping, Jesus said worship the Father. He didn't say worship him. Now, that's an argument that's going on out in the world, okay, even amongst the world and the church. But, then, but at the same time, uh, Jesus didn't say it. <laughs> how, you, how you worship that white Jesus? We don't worship Jesus. Jesus didn't tell us to worship him, and he ain't white, okay? But even if he was, it wouldn't matter, because he didn't come, because he came to introduce us to the Father. Can a white man introduce you to the Father? Can a white man introduce you to the Father? Come on, that's, that's all he came to do. He came to, to introduce you to the Father. The Bible says that he is the mediator. He's the mediator between man and God. Once the mediator... Settles the dispute, he move out the way so that, the, so that we can have the relationship. That's what he did. So we are in our teaching pillar, uh, the church. We're leaving the relationship. Well, we've taught about the relationship. We've taught you about the kingdom, where you live, where you reside, the rules and regulations that you obey. And now we're in the teaching pillar, teaching pillar the church. And then as, as the church, we are the sons and daughters who are operating in the kingdom and that are mature and have been called out for assignment to spread legislation, to show forth his power, to show forth his glory. You're not the church because you go there. You're not the church because you're saved. And one of the missions or the things that have happened in, in, in the church world is we have been bombarded by ministries. Okay. We have a healing, healing, delivery, healing uh, uh, ministry. Uh, uh, um, come on, help me. Inner healing and deliverance ministry. All right, we have a, say again. Intercessory, Intercessory prayer ministry. Uh, um, hospitality. hospitality ministry. Okay, outreach ministry. Uh, when we first got here, we were part of an outreach ministry. We used to go everywhere. Okay, we used to go all over Atlanta, and we would feed people, we would clothe people, we would pray for people. No, you know none of them people left as God's children? Oh. And so we have been bombarded by ministry, but none of the ministry has converted us to the church. 
After we went through healing ministry, deliverance ministry, after we went through intercession ministry, after we went through all these ministries, we still were not the church. We still could not represent him. We were still not salt. We were still not light. We were not a city set on a hill. We were not an ambassador in which only thing that mattered was what he said. And if he didn't say it, we kept our mouth closed. We didn't respond like the righteous ones of him, which means that we make it our, 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 our uh, pleasure to obey his word and to show folks what his word means through our lifestyle, not through just speaking it, not through just the Bible says, you're the Bible. You're a living epistle known and read of all men. You don't have to quote scriptures, you have to live them. Okay, so we have been through so many ministries, but those ministries never converted us into becoming the church. Amen? And so that's where we are now. And it's an uncomfortable position because we don't want to, to, because the church means we have responsibility. The church means that my meat and my drink is to do his will. I don't have a will. Ooh. I don't have a will. I don't have an opinion. I don't have a thought process. I lost my mind. I got the mind of Christ. That's the church. And so the, the series that we're teaching on today is the church Soul Battles and Deliverance. This is the series that we'll be on for a couple months. The Church, Soul Battles, and Deliverance. Now, the church are those who have been rescued, those who have been pulled out the domain of darkness. Okay, that's deliverance. You have been brought out of the domain of darkness, and you have been brought into the kingdom of his son, and you chose to stay there, to live there, to abide there, to stay attached to the vine. That's who the church is. The church is the ones that bear fruit. The church is the ones that, that, that he can send. The church is the ones that he can use. Everybody is not the church. Although we may be sons and daughters, we don't represent it. Which brings us to soul battles. Now, soul battle speaks to my spirit has been recreated. I'm born again. Say amen. amen. But my soul hasn't been removed from the kingdom of darkness. My spirit is recreated. I'm a new creature in Christ. But my soul is not a new creature. It's not a new creation. I still think the same. That's why after salvation, now what we have to do is we have to give him watch the, our mind, our heart, our soul, and do it with all of our strength. The Bible says you owe, no, you owe nothing to the flesh. I know you want to look cute. But you owe nothing to the flesh. The Bible says that bodily, bodily uh, exercise profits little. Now, you know, come on. I didn't go to the gym all last week. Partially her fault. I ain't going to say nothing about that, though. Okay. And I, I could feel the difference. And it said bodily exercise profits little. It's the spiritual exercise. It's the practicing righteousness. It's the praying, the fasting, the reading the word, the giving, the fellowship, the community. That is what builds us. That's the exercising. The Bible says we are to mortify the deeds of the flesh by the spirit. The Bible says that our spirit and our flesh are at war. One is willing, one is weak.
So when we came into the kingdom, we were fatherless. We were orphans. This is the soul battle. We were entangled okay, in darkness, <laughs> the world and the flesh. Come on, y'all got some entanglements. Come on now. Y'all still got some entanglements with the world. You cheating. The Bible said that we called us adulterous, which means once he pulls you into the kingdom, when you go back out there, you're considered adulterous. If he says to do it this way and you do it another way, that's considered adulterous. You're cheating on him. Why? Because he gave the ransom. He gave the sacrifice, the propitiation. It was, a, it was acceptable. You came to him and you said, I want to give you my life. And then you went back. Come on. You said, I do. Okay, let me, let me clarify. You said, I do. And you went back. That's adultery. Okay, I get it. So we were entangled in darkness. So we struggled to receive instructions from heaven. Abba's protocol. Why would he say, set your mind on heavenly things? I take an answer. I take two. Why would he say, set your mind on heavenly things? Not on earthly things. He said the mind that is set on heavenly things is life and peace. But he said when you set your mind on earthly things, it brings about death. What does that mean? It disconnects you from him. Why? Because he already paid the ransom. He told you to set your mind on heavenly things because that's where his mind is. And he ain't going to change. He's not going to change it. He said, set your mind there. I'm not changing my mind. What I said is what I said. The Bible said on the seventh day he rested from all his work. He ain't done. He hasn't done anything since. <laughs> he know the end from the beginning. Your life was mapped out. The book of life, your whole story has already been written. He, he's not doing anything else. What, what's going to happen is, is you are going to come to him. You're going to be obedient. And that's the only way you can get it. So we struggle to receive instructions from heaven, which is Abba's protocol, because I'm used to getting my information. I'm used to getting everything from earth myself. And his protocol means I got to submit to somebody and learn and they got to teach me. And they know more than me. Come on. Why? Be not because of education, not because of, of intelligence, only because assignment. He's not talking to, 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 okay, y'all, I ain't going to start nothing. He talked to those he called about what he needs to get done. Amen. Which leads us to deliverance. Now, deliverance is to rescue one from a thing. I don't want you to think deliverance is to, is to, to take something out of you. It's not. Deliverance isn't to remove something from you. It's to remove you from something. Deliverance is to bring you to, to him, to bring your mind to him. It's not to remove Satan from you. He placed Christ there. So deliverance is to rescue one from a thing. Born again. The adoption. You've been rescued from the orphanage. Okay. Hallelujah. You've been brought out the world. Just like the children of Israel. He brought them out of Egypt. But along the journey, it was hard to get Egypt 
out of them. The problem wasn't that he didn't deliver them. The problem is, as far as they got from Egypt, their minds were still with them. Egypt was still in their mind. They had arrested development. So they were, they, he did everything, miracles, signs, wonders. Come on, he, all it. that's what I'm telling you, gifts, all that. He, he, he brought it all out. He, he parted the Red Sea. He destroyed their enemies and still. So deliverance is to rescue one from a thing and to bring them to safety, new life, new household. You've been brought to safety. The issue is you keep going back. <laughs> That's what we get sin from. You have three categories of sin. You have trespass, transgression, and iniquity. Trespass is when I just keep wandering back. Come on, this ain't, this ain't the property I'm supposed to be on. Transgression is when you've been warned about trespassing, but you keep going. Iniquity is when you get so deep into it, you don't care what God thinks. You don't care what the Father thinks. I'm going to do what I want to do. And then it becomes iniquity. It becomes iniquity because at that place, you start to drag people with you. You start to pull people with you. So that's what we need deliverance from. We don't need deliverance from nothing more than obedience to his word. Say help. So it means to bring to safety. Then it means to preserve, which means after he uh, 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 you're born again, you're adopted, you're, you've given a new life, a new household to grow up in, to grow up in a glorious household with, with Abba is your father. Now you're, you're preserved, which means you are placed in a family and you are under rules and regulations. If you love me, you will. You will keep my commandments. That's a good one, too. That's a good one, too. You were good. You was on point. You didn't miss it. You just said a different, you want what I was looking for, but what you said, what you said was the right scripture. Okay? He said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And he said, my commandments are not grievous. It's not grievous. What I'm asking you to do is not considering the blessings. You won't. Uh-oh. Considering the blessings, considering the destiny, considering the inheritance. <laughs> If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Which means if I can't keep his commandments, it's probably because I have not absorbed his love. I have not absorbed his love. I'm going to say that again. If I can't keep his commandments, it's probably because I haven't absorbed his love. So if I don't love him, it's because I have not absorbed his love. I have not opened my heart up and allowed him to love me to the place where my perception changes. <laughs> And I don't want to go against what you say. Because I love you. It should hurt your heart when you go against the Father's will. It should bother you. It should bug you. Okay? You should not be able to go against his will and, you, and it is what it is. No, no, no. That's a heart issue. You haven't given your heart, your mind, and your soul. Jesus said to his disciples, he said, he made them clean by the word that he spoke to them. That's how he did it. That was his deliverance. Conversation. The Bible said that the father chose preaching to save our souls. Our first scripture for tonight. I mean, afternoon. Tonight we've been here that long. Okay. Matthew chapter 16. And we're going to. 
Go verses 13 through 18 for my note takers. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? This is they replied, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. He said, but you, he asked them, who do you say that I am? That's important. People say he's somebody, but who do you say he is? Who is he to you? People have an opinion, but who is he to you since they were with him? He needed to know, are y'all listening to hearing me or are y'all hearing them? Verse 16, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah or the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus responded, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father in heaven. And Jesus told him, he said, look, flesh and he said, you you got the understanding of who I really am. You seen past the flesh. You seen past the body and you saw who I was spiritually because I have to let y'all know that God is a spirit. Say God is a spirit. Okay, if God is a spirit, then his children have to be spirits. God can't be the child. He can't be the father of flesh. You have to be like him. That's why he said those who worship me, they have to do it in spirit and they have to do it in truth. You have to do it knowing that you are like me. Then you have to do it knowing what I said, what I want, what I desire, my will. If you don't know those two things, it's going to be impossible for you to worship. That's why the church taught us to come before him and just tell him how great he was. Because they didn't understand we were like him. They didn't know the truth of what he really came to do with Christ. He wanted a family. He wanted to be a father. He didn't come to give us a Bible so we can just sit here and come in church, sing songs and tell him, you're great, God. You're awesome. You're amazing. But we're weak and fallible. We're the one that did this without. What father does that? Maybe I should do that. Every morning, wake my kids up. Put them in front of me and tell them, tell me how great I am. Tell me how great I am. Come on, Kira. You ready? Maybe I should do that. If he, if, is he not the example of what a father is? If he said, if that's what we're going to do, then I'm waking my kids up tomorrow morning, and y'all need to tell, come on, Alana, tell me how great I am. No, that's not the job. My job is to tell them how great they are. My job is to get their soul and their mind and their heart settled to the place where they know who they are. Because I'm secure. I'm not, I was not narcissistic. He's not worried about everybody telling him how, come on. He, so he said, he said, my father revealed this to you. He said, I didn't even tell you that. This not something, he said, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. Jesus is flesh and blood. He said, I didn't tell you that. Verse 18, he says, and, all, and I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, Christ, I will build my church and the gates of Hades or hell will not overpower it. In order for you to build, 
you have to have the right revelation. In order for the church to be built, it has to have the right revelation. We can't build the church with the wrong revelation. We can't build the church with Church of God and Christ doctrine. We can't build it with Baptist doctrine. We can't build it with the Word of Faith doctrine. We need a doctrine that lets us know, gives us the right revelation of who we are to him. So the title of our teaching on today is called The Church Under Construction. Now, Jesus said, I will build my church. So what does that let us know? The church needs to be what? Built. So there's a ground zero. The church needs to be built. And all of us are builders in our own way. All of us are designers. It's not, it's not by secret that Jesus was a carpenter. He had to understand the elements and how to build. We're all builders in our own way, whether it's songwriting, okay, whether you're building a career, a profession, we're all builders. Some of us are building marriages. Me, myself, I, I, you have to build yourself to be who he said you are. We're all builders. We're all expected to be builders. We're all expected to take something that is nothing and, and, and have a vision to see it grow. Now, for me, I've had to build myself. I've had to build a wife. I've had to build a family. We've built a home, okay? Uh, um, we've built other people. We've built a business. Now we're building a ministry. You need experience at building. You need to understand building because the start, because when building starts, until it is completed, in between, we're under construction. We're under construction. Once you start building a thing, until that thing is finished being built, it's under construction. Our minds are what? Under construction. Come on, you ain't there yet. Our hearts are what? Under construction. Our, our spiritual lives are what? Under construction. That's why I constantly tell you, take your spiritual life serious. You don't want to miss a day of building. <laughs> you don't want to miss a week of building. Come on, some of us, we're stagnant in our life because we haven't been building. When he was calling us to build, we were stagnant. But we are under construction. The church is under construction. We are not built. We are not light. We are not salt. We are not a city set on a hill. The church is a family. It's not a person. It's not an individual. One person can't be the church. I got the receipts. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 it says, for we are God's co-workers. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. For we are God's co-workers. Now, he's, this is the Apostle Paul talking. What you have to understand about the Apostle Paul, that he had the task of building the church using the Gentiles. He had the task of taking the Gentiles and building them into becoming the church. So he comes to them and he says, we are God's co-workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. Verse 10 says, according to God's grace that was given to me. He didn't say to us. 
He said, I have laid a foundation as a skilled master builder and another builds on it. But each one is to be careful how he builds on it. For no one can lay any other foundation than what has been laid down. That foundation is Christ Jesus. So Paul saying, I have been given the task of building the church. Paul proclaimed to himself to be a skilled master builder, which means this ain't the first thing he's built. I mean, this is not the first thing he's built. That word skill can be translated into wise. He says, I am a wise master builder. I'm a skilled master builder. He says, I'm going to build a foundation. And from that foundation, others are going to build on it. That's the job of the apostle. We build foundations. We build foundations so the people can live on it. We build foundations so that the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, the pastor can come and build on that foundation. So he said, we're going to lay a foundation, but the foundation, when it's laid, he said, be careful how you build on it. The issue with the church is we have been building, but it's not been on the right foundation. That's why I tell y'all, you can go get these YouTube preachers you want to. You better check the foundation. You better check the foundation. That's how we got so off in deliverance. Because that's how we got so off in it, because it was the foundation they built it on. There's no foundation in which we in which we pray, we place Satan as having power. There's no foundation. We give Satan authority. He says, for no one can lay any other foundation than that which has been laid. That foundation is Jesus. Say Jesus. Jesus. Christ. Christ. Now, Jesus was the body. Christ was the spirit. OK, Jesus was the son of man. Christ was the son of God. Jesus was the savior. Jesus was the ransom. Jesus was the sacrifice. Jesus was the lamb. Jesus was the one in which the blood would be shed from. Because Jesus died on the cross, we got Christ. This is the foundation. Because Jesus died on the cross, we got Christ. Jesus didn't die on the cross so we can get Jesus. Jesus died on the cross so we can get Christ. This is why when Paul came to teach in, in the book of Colossians, he introduced the mysteries of Christ. He didn't introduce the mysteries of Jesus. Because the foundation was not built on Jesus. It was built on Jesus Christ. It was built on him dying so that we could become God's children. And so the foundation that Paul built on was the mysteries of Christ. That's why when he came to him, he talked about sonship. He talked about them being children. He talked about having to give them milk or give them meat. <laughs> when he came to them, he talked to them about being adopted. He told them that he said, I, I, he said, you were predestined to adoption. He said, you were predestined to adoption. He said you were predestined to be sons and daughters. He said you were predestined to take on the kingdom, to have it. 
He said you were predestined to be holy and blameless. He said you were predetermined for this. He's, what is he doing? He's laying the foundation. He's letting you know Abba's mind. So you don't have to wonder. And the issue has been that we have not approached Christianity or we have not approached this foundation and seen ourselves as children. I've been in church for years and I have never been to a church where they taught me I was God's child. I have never been to a church, never entered into it, never seen one online. I hate to say this. Never met a man, a preacher, a pastor who explained the foundation. No one told me I was God's son. I was God's child. Nobody told me that he predestined me to be great and glorious. No one that I serve. Watch out for Satan. Hell, fire, brimstone. Watch out for sin. They didn't tell me that he wasn't looking at sin. How many of you look at your children and only see how bad they are? Come on now. How many of y'all look at your children and only see their issues? How many of you look at your children and only see your, their circumstances and their problems? How many of, us, how many of y'all do that as parents? That's what they taught us. They, they brought us, they said we were born again, then they made us slaves. They brought us back to Egypt. And they made us build their ministry. Bricks and mortars come every Sunday. We build them bricks and mortars. Give us your tithes, give us your offering. And we built their ministry, not understanding that the ministry was supposed to build the church. I told you in 2014, the Spirit spoke to me and said, why is the church the only educational institution where people show up every Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday, but they have no idea what they're becoming? And they keep showing up. That's, that's why the world... That's why the world is like, look, y'all don't look no different than us. And we invited people to it. Come be a slave with me. Come be a servant with me. My bishop is this. My bishop is that. My pastor. No, that wasn't a, that wasn't a conversation. The conversation was supposed to be come so that you can. Uh, uh, it was supposed to be the ministry of reconciliation. Come because the father has adopted you. Come because you, now that you are born again, you now have a father. That's why I say if you want a good way to outreach people, outreach to people is just come walk up to them and ask them, do you know God is your father? If they say no, you explain it to them. If they say yes, just just ask them, can I pray for the strength of that relationship? Every time I walk up to somebody and tell them, you know, God is your father. Some way the conversation shifts to this. I know I need to go back to church. I didn't say you need to go to church. I said, do you know God is your father? They automatically equate that to coming to church. Do you know that your father has your destiny? He's waiting on you. Do you know that? They don't know that. Because they're coming to church and, and, and all they're saying is, can, can y'all help us with, 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 with hundred more dollars? We didn't took up five offerings. Can you join the choir? Choir jacked up. Everybody in there and seeing. The purpose of ministry is to do what? Build the church. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19. 
says, so then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with, with the saints and members of God's household. I'll read that again. So then he said, you are no longer. You are no longer foreigners and strangers. You are no longer aliens. He says, but you are fellow citizens with the saints. The saints mean the holy ones. The saints mean the holy ones, not by attainment. But by being brought into that state. The Bible says, be holy because the one that called you is holy. So he Paul is letting them know you are fellow citizens. You are a citizen of heaven. You are not a citizen of America. Your flesh is your spirit is not. He says, and you are members of God's household or family. Here you go. Verse 20 built. On the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. What is the, the job of the apostle? It is to work the divine nature of Christ in you. What is the job of the prophet to get you to see from the foundation? So the family of Christ, the citizens of heaven are built on the foundation that the apostles and the prophets built. It says, with, watch this. I need you to pay attention. It says, with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. Now, prior to this, Renee, he said that the foundation was built on Jesus Christ. Now he's saying on Christ Jesus. He went from the foundation being Christ, Jesus Christ to the apostles building on the foundation that is now the, uh, Christ Jesus as the cornerstone. So Jesus Christ is the foundation, but Christ Jesus is the cornerstone. So Jesus died on the cross so we can get Christ. So we can become one with him. That's the foundation. But us living a Christ-like life because of what Jesus did is the cornerstone. Your job is not to conform to Jesus. It's to conform to Christ. So as Jesus is the, the cornerstone as Christ Jesus, because you are in Christ, you have the mind of Christ, you are one with Christ, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. We are the body of Jesus. Oh, I'm glad y'all caught me. Because we are the body of Christ. Everything that is built has to resemble him or we can't use you to build. Until you resemble Christ Jesus, we can't use you to build. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said it like that. Until you become like Christ, heaven can't use you to build. The Father can't use you to build. He said it's built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. It says in him, the whole building, all of us, all of us. Y'all with me? All of us. In him, the whole building. That's all of us. Say all of us. In him, the whole building is being what? Is being put together. That's what we're doing. 
We meet Sundays. We meet Wednesdays. We meet on prayer calls for the purpose of what? Us being what? Built together. For us being put together. So that we would do what? Help. I need your help. So that we would do what? Come on, it's the next. So in him, the whole building is being put together. All of us are being put together. Because remember, Paul just said, we are his workmen. You are his building. We are his workmen. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, and pastor. We are his workmen. You are his building. You are his field. That's why we keep planting seeds. He says in him, the whole building being put together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. So all of us, all of us can pay attention to me, not that. All of us, all of us should be one building that the spirit lives in. Is that what it say or am I off? Is that what it say or am I off? Verse 22 says, in him, you are also being built what? Together. Help me. In him, we are what? Being built together. We're not being built individually. He ain't building a prophet. He ain't building an apostle. Okay, he ain't building a pastor. Uh, no, he's building us all together. He's not building you for your own ministry. He's not building you so you can do your thing. That's why when, I, when I'm dealing with... All, okay, stop. In him, you are also being built together. For God's dwelling place. That's why I tell y'all, stop letting these prophets prophesy over you that don't show up to church. Stop letting these evangelists and these teachers teach you that don't show up with you. Stop adhering to all the YouTube stuff and watch this. They're building their congregation. They're building their congregation. You listen to a, a ministry that's been building for 10 years and you get a, a word in the 10th year. That ain't for you. You have to be built from the ground up. That's the issue I, I run into all the time. People go listen to stuff, then they come back to me where it says this, it says that. Look, no, don't need, look, I, I specialize at this. This is my life. I'm not platonic in this area. <laughs> I don't study the Bible sometimes, every now and then. It's my life, every day. Every day. Because why? I understand we are being built together to be a temple. One mind, one heart, one spirit. One God, one Father who is in all of us and works through all of us. Even in building a prophetic culture. I got these scriptures up here, but uh, I have them, but they're not on the uh, slide. 1 Corinthians 14 and 3 says, on the other hand, the person who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening encouragement and consolation. That's the prophetic culture doing what? Building up. Verse four says the person who speaks in another tongue builds himself up. It says, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. So what do we have to do with prophecy? We have to put it on a foundation. 
So when you hear prophets talking about something, I'm Old Testament. Run. Run. You see the, the thing on Facebook where the music's like, run. And then, y'all seen those? Let that music go. When you see a prophet talking about there, <laughs> when you see a prophet saying they're Old Testament prophet, cut it off. Because they're not built on the right foundation. Because now prophecy has to be built on the foundation of Jesus Christ, with Christ Jesus being the cornerstone. Why? Because we're not prophesying to saints of the old. We're talking to his children now. We're prophesying to, watch, to, to uh, 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 newborn believers, infants. We're prophesying to orphans. So we can't come with a damning prophecy. They're already scared. That's why he said perfect love, perfect love, perfect love does what? It casts out fear. I can't keep prophesying to you doom, doom, doom. I can't keep coming to you talking about sin. I can't keep coming to you talking about hell. What does it do? I can't keep coming to you telling you about uh, uh, this reward system and that if you don't do good in earth, you're not accepted in heaven. It adds to the orphan mentality because it makes you scared. It makes you fearful. Ephesians. So everything has to be built on the right foundation. Jesus said, I will build my church. Jesus said, I will build my church. When he said, I will build my church, he was talking about everybody who has Christ in them. It's your job to build a church. 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 Okay. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. It says, and he himself, who is he himself? One more time. Who is he himself? Christ Jesus. He himself. He himself. He himself. I had to say that because we'll say the Lord told us. I got to say it because we would say the Lord told us. The spirit told me he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. Why did he give it? Verse 12, equipping the saints for what? The work of ministry. What is ministry? Now, what is ministry? What does ministry mean? Service. That's it, service. So it's, it's the job of the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, the pastor to build you all for service. To build you to serve the church. It's not our job to serve the church. It's our job to build the saints to serve the church. This is why it takes the church to grow so long. Because everybody thinks it's the, it's the apostle job to do all the outreaching. It's the, it's the prophet job to do the outreaching. It's the evangelist job to do the outreaching. It's the pastor job to do the outreaching. What's what, what, what your responsibility? What's your responsibility? That's all right, it's family. It's what family look like, right? Is this not what family look like? <laughs> this how I, this, when I raised my kid, I heard it all the time. Sometimes I ain't even go look. Y'all better than me. You got, right, man, you get good at this thing. Like I said, when you build building a family, you know to cry. Come on. The one with that paw. 
that's the one you go for right there. <laughs> you got to know. <laughs> you got to know. Ah, did you hear Paul's? And then you that's, that's when you go. You got to know the difference between a whining cry, okay, and a cry in which they really need help. You got to know it. <laughs> I see, you see some blood. After a while, ain't you see no blood? Shut up. <laughs> ain't no blood. <laughs> you got to raise them for the real world. <laughs> he said, equipping the saints for the work of ministry. What's the next thing say? To build up the body of Christ. Our job is to equip you to work the ministry, to serve the people so you can build up the body of Christ. I know you thought it was just us to build up the body. So the body is what? Under construction. The church is under construction. Until what? Until we, say we. we. Until we take the responsibility of building the body. And then the scripture says that we are to do this until, until we all reach the unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. So we come in here as nepios, as orphans, as infants, and we're supposed to gradually grow until we are fully mature sons of God that look like the living stone which is Christ. It says until we all reach that place. So meaning if we all reach that place, the first person to come in is our task. Everybody that come in here is our responsibility to make sure that they reach faith in the knowledge of the Son of God and that they grow to a mature place. If we do this, then verse 14 say we will no longer be little children. That word is nepios. That word is infant. The reason why we have so many infants in the body of Christ is because we don't do that. We wait for the leadership to do it. We don't take responsibility. And that's why in practicing righteousness, you need word time, too. Why? Because you got to pour. Do you know the more you pour, the more you pour into people, the more he pours into you? Do, do we get that? The more we pour into people, the more he pours into us. And make it so bad. Look, I've, I've done the heavy lifting. I gave you the foundation already. I gave you everything you needed to do it. Which means I'm doing my job. <laughs> Which means I'm doing my job. He says, then we will no longer be children tossed by waves and blown around by every wind of doctrine. In, in short, that means extremely agitated. We're always agitated. And part of the reason why we're agitated, because most of the time we want our inheritance. We don't want to build the body. We prodigal. We want our inheritance so we can hurry up and get out of here and go do our thing. And I can't help but keep telling y'all it don't work like that. I wish it did. 
I wish we can all come in here, be millionaire billionaires, and go live our life. We ain't got to listen to no. We, I wish I can tell y'all that. But that's not the case. Matter of fact, the only reason he gives you your inheritance is for this. What you need power for? <laughs> Say to build his body. What you need riches for? Come on. What you need wisdom for? What you need strength for? What do you need glory for? What do you need honor for? What do you need blessings for? So the more we build his body, he, he, it comes to us. The more we focus on the task at hand, what are we here for? To build his body. When we leave here, what, what is our mission, our assignment? Build his body. Represent him. Everything you do in word or deed, you should be doing it in his name. That's why when Paul came to the church in, in Corinthians, he said, look, I came to give y'all meat. He said, but I couldn't. I had to give you milk. Because he said you were immature. He said, y'all were in there deciding what leader you wanted to listen to. He said, jealousy, envy, strife. He said, are you not mere men? Have you not relinquished yourself and relegated yourself to a human when God made you a God? We want meat. We say we want meat. But instead... We can only get milk. How does this look? The Father's going to bless you. You're blessed and highly favored the Lord. Don't you love that? That's milk. The blessings of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. That's milk. <laughs> we want that. We don't want obey those that got a rule over you. Obey those that have the rule over you because they're watching over your soul. That's meat. You know why I know? Because you got to digest that. It hits you like, ooh, what you mean? Like, tell me what to do. What you mean obey you? Hold on, I'm a grown. You got to digest that. Come on, am I telling the truth? We're telling the truth. We can take that he's going to give us, but when he tell us to give... Come on, that's me. What if he gave you a million dollars right now and he said, give it all away? That's me. That's me. You got to digest that. Then he gives seed to the sower. <laughs> so when you read this, okay, let me keep on moving y'all like it. I see y'all, I'm just telling you. <laughs> Watch this, y'all want some more meat? Submit. You want, okay, okay, I'm going to get milk, milk, all right? Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. <laughs> you see that milk? <laughs> you see how happy you get? You got the bottom one, one, one. You, you, <laughs> you got, <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> this is how he talked to me. I'm just telling you how he talked to me. He said, say this, watch. 
You, you got to digest that. But that's where the blessings are. Ain't no blessings in milk. Milk means I can't take the inheritance. Want some more meat? <laughs> All right, let's go. You're just saying it now. He says, then we will no longer be little children, because he said we're going to be grown up. We're going to be able to what? Infants. We're not going to be infants, meaning now we can eat meat. He said, tossed by the, by the waves, blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness and techniques of deceit. Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. In every way. Not just in blessings, in obedience. Not just in receiving and getting his blessings, but coming to prayer. Oh, that's me. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Coming to prayer. That's me. You can't digest that. I ain't got to do nothing. You don't have to. Well, let's watch the inheritance elude you. Watch it run from you. <laughs> Y'all seen the things on Instagram where the women, they're going like this, talking about how they dodging their husband when he right. <laughs> Y'all ain't seen that. <laughs> Is it? They got the woman on there, she dodging her husband because she know the conversation right. She said, this is me trying to dodge my husband when I know he right. <laughs> That's what we try to do. We try to dodge it. You know what I'm saying? Let me find a scripture to fit that. No, you can't do nothing with me. Wisdom. <laughs> Verse 16, it says, from him, being Christ, the whole body fitted and knitted and knit together by every supporting ligament. Now, we're a body. If we're missing ligaments, we're less agile. We can't reach. Come on. It, what we can carry. <laughs> I'm just reading the word. I ain't said nothing this Bible didn't say. It says from him, the whole body fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament promotes the growth of the body for building up itself in love. So we're supposed to be as a building ourselves up. Just like your body has white blood that builds your your body heals you. Come on, us as a body, uh, uh, we're supposed to heal one another. Yes. Building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. Building up itself in love by what? Are you doing your part? I don't need to answer. You need to pray to the Father. Am I doing my part? Because if you're not doing your part, we're, gonna, we're not going to properly function. Let your eyes stop working. <laughs> Let your legs get amputated. What you going to do with no hands? 
You need help now. Are we doing our part? Ligaments are vital. The wrong ligaments you can't hold. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Because this is where the soul battle comes in. Now we need deliverance due to not being in the church. Uh-oh. I'm going to say it again. We only need deliverance because we're, we refuse to be the church. The book of Revelations, eight times, Ola, it says, he who has the ear, ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. So if you're not a part of the church, you don't even hear the Spirit. You hear what you want to do, and you say the Lord said that. Come on. We, we hear what we want, and we say the Lord said it. We sign his name. Jesus said that. <laughs> this is what Jesus said. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. He says, for we are his workmanship. Created. Watch this. Look, you, gotta, you have to read the scriptures. Created. Created in Christ Jesus. Not Jesus Christ. You ain't nobody's savior. You are son of God because of the Savior. He is the Lord. We do his mission. We grow up into him as the head. He's the head. We're the body. That's why I say we don't have a say so. Do your hands and your feet tell your mind what to do. <laughs> it just moves with how you think. <laughs> Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Bible said he had no reputation. Although he knew that he was like the father, he took no reputation in that. He didn't have to say, I'm a God. He just said, I'm the son of man. He just said, I seek to do the will of my father. That's all he said. He didn't need a reputation. My meat and drink is to do the will of my father. That's how the church should be talking. Why? Because that's how the head talks. If you're a part of the body, you should be saying what the head said. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then everything else will be added to you. You can get your inheritance after you seek first the kingdom. Watch this. And righteousness. What is righteousness? That means doing it how he said do it. He says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared. This is the crazy part beforehand that we should walk in them. We should walk in them. So he predestined this thing. He planned it before we got here, how we're supposed to do, be done. And then he created us for the part we should play. Born in 1978, he's called me to be an apostle. Come on, I didn't call me. I was born to do this. You're born to do what he called you to do. He predestined that, that as long as you followed that path, everything that came with you doing what he said came to you. And he made it to where when you got off track, it stopped coming. Mm 
That's how much he loves us. He relinquished his sovereignty to be a father. He said, I'm going to set it up like this. The long as they do this, they get it. That's what, what's the inheritance. Okay, don't inheritance always have instructions behind them? They can get it at this age after they've done this. A lot of times they say you can get it at the age of 21 or 25 after you've completed college. And if you get 25 and you haven't completed college, you don't get it. It don't matter how much you argue with your parents about what your grandparents gave you. <laughs> it don't matter what you say until you come to that lawyer and show that degree. They have to, the authority to not release it. They have fiduciary responsibilities to not give it to you. They're managing it until you, that's why he says, he says he give you tutors and governors until the appointed time. He said, I'm going to make sure you do what I say in my church. Or I ain't releasing nothing. We all got to go this way. We all got to go this, this route. I'm closing. But it's the soul battles that stagnate the church because we fight with what the word say. Amen. Come on, the Bible says, the Bible says we wrestle with the scriptures to our own destruction. The Bible said men are forever learning, never coming into the knowledge of truth. Jesus approached the Pharisees. He said, he said you search the scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life. He said, but the scriptures point to me and you won't come to me. First Peter, we're going to close on these, and then actually this is what we're going to pick up next week. First Peter 2 and 1 says, therefore, I'll read that. I want y'all to read that. So you're supposed to grow up into deliverance. That's what salvation is. Healing, prosperity. You're supposed to grow up into it. Salvation is what? The release of your inheritance. You're supposed to grow up into that. You don't get that by somebody praying over you. That's why I tell you, nothing wrong with deliverance ministries, but you are not delivered because somebody prayed over you. You're not. You're delivered when you are brought to safety and your mind is in Christ. That's where you're safe. Verse four, it says, as you come to him, a living stone, we're talking about Christ. Now, Christ is a metaphor or it symbolizes uh, uh, Christ is a, a stone is a metaphor for Christ. He says, as you come to him, a living stone. Rejected by people, but chosen and honored by God. They're talking about Jesus now, right? It says, as you come to him, a living stone, rejected by people, but chosen and honored by God. Verse 5, you yourselves, y'all with me? You yourselves as what? 
living stones. So he's a living stone and you're supposed to be a living stone. That's why he told you to grow up into your salvation so you can become what? A living stone. So as we build, we can put you right next to Christ. Come on. So we can put Kirby, we can put Kena, we can put Akira, we can put Cindy, we can put a, a, a Renee, and so forth. That's how we build. The issue with building is when we go to build and we ain't got a stone to put there. We got to stop now. And we got to get the material, find the material, because we're under construction, but we don't got nothing to build with. You go to build a house and they run out of wood. What you going to do? <laughs> he says, you yourselves as living stones. Here we go. It's the last scripture. Is it last? Yeah. You yourselves as living stones. Watch this. A spiritual house. We talk about that next week. Are being what? Built. Built to be what? A holy priesthood, a house full of saints, a holy nation. Folks that come together and for the kingdom of God and pray and seek and say, what do we need to do to get his will done? He said, you are being built to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices, not when you got time. I'm sorry about that. Spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So it's only acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, which means it has to be on the right foundation for it to be accepted. So Jesus said, I will build my church. Jesus said, I will build my church. And he said, the gates of hell will not overpower it. Well, how does it overpower it? Because our gates are open and letting hell in. It's what we watch. It's how we think. It's what we listen to. We let the gates of hell in. Think about Paul's journey to maturity. He said, when I was a child, he said, I spoke. He said, I thought. He said, I reasoned. Then in Philippians, he said, I put the past behind me. That's his journey to maturity. Check how you think, because as a man think in his heart, so is he. Do you think like a stone, a living stone? He said, as a man think, so is he. How do you speak? Because out the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. How are you reasoning? Is the bottom line the word? Or there's another opinion. That was the journey of Paul to maturity. Can you forget the past? Not just the bad stuff, the good stuff. Your old accomplishments ain't nothing now. <laughs> ain't nothing now, no matter what you did. <laughs> what about now? Jesus said in John 14 and 30, it ain't up there. He told him, he said, I can, he said, I can't talk to you no longer. He said, because the ruler of this world is coming. And he said, he has nothing in me. Or he said, he had none of his power is in me. What is he speaking to? I'm holy. There is no evil in me. Evil doesn't influence me. And it's not, I'm not intimidated by it. 
The church is under construction. Amen? Amen. We're under construction. We're not built yet. We're going to that. We're getting there. You're not all the way. You're not built yet. You still need to come to prayer. You still need to read the word. You still need to get on the reading call. You still need to get on the prayer. You still need to do everything. You're not built yet. When you're built, he'll dispatch you. When you're properly built, he'll move you. I had a young lady, and then we're going to pray. Um, that's from a, a church that I used to go to. And she called me one day and she was like, why you get to leave and why he get to leave? You know, I said, and I told her, I said, because we had a revelation that exceeded what the ministry was about. You just want to leave because you want to get from under the leadership. She didn't have a revelation. All she was going to do was go to the same thing, just a different person leading her. If you want to go to the next level, you got to revelate your mind. It was Peter's revelation that opened the door to say, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. And the gates of hell would not prevail. It was his revelation. They said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in hell. It was the revelation of that. It don't matter how much we say, I bind this. What's the revelation you're doing it from? Are you a son? Are you a child? Are you a daughter? Are you submitted to his word? That's why I told you, if you want to be delivered, submit to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee. Let us pray.